Any Aerosmith fans in the house? Yeah, yeah. They, uh, they killed that, yeah. Living on the edge. You know, that's what we're going to talk about today. And uh, before we jump in, I was wondering, how many of you have ever spent time looking for something you lost? <laughs> how many of you did it this morning? <laughs> You know, phone, keys, glasses, earbuds, whatever. I mean, how many of you thought you had lost something, but you actually had it on you at the time? All right, all right. I wondered how many would uh, agree to that. (laughs) You know, one time I uh, lost my sunglasses. I looked for them for maybe 20 minutes, and uh, I finally went back to my car. I'm just frustrated. And uh, I kind of threw my arms up and they fell out (laughs) from under my arm. I'd been carrying some stuff and I just tucked them under my arm for some reason. And and the fact is, I believe there's a good chance just about all of us have lost something. And it, it happened like that. You know, we misplaced something. And there's also a good chance that just about all of us have lost something spiritually in our lives. The fact is, some of you may have lost your passion for God. You don't feel as close to God as you did at one time. Some of you may have lost your joy. You know, it used to be full of joy, but, but it's gone now. You know, some of you, there was a time when you were very content. You felt at peace, but something happened and you lost it. And if you're honest about it, you may not even be sure how it happened to you. You know, some of you, there, there was a time when your faith was strong. You prayed often. You, you trusted God. You, you lived on the edge of faith. You believed God for big things in, in your life. Some of you lived with these high hopes, knowing that, that God's good. God has a plan to, to bless and prosper you. But somewhere along the way, you lost the edge. You know, you're not praying or trusting God with much of anything these days. You know, we're continuing our series, uh, Top Gun. And again, I would tell you, prepare yourself because I'm going to take you into that danger zone again today. And we're going to look at the, we've been looking at the life of Elijah, that's S-H, not with a J, Elisha. And uh, he was God's top gun in Israel at the time. Elijah had done some amazing things. Uh, he had parted the Jordan River. Uh, he had saved a community when he uh, purified the water from a poisonous spring. He raised a young boy back to life from the dead. And he had the, the widow, uh, last week we talked about this, where he performed the miracle with the olive oil. He performed more miracles in the Bible than anyone else except for Jesus. And so the miracle we're going to look at today, it's a bit odd, but it's a great story, and it's the miracle of the lost axe head. 
You know, Elijah, he, he's like the admiral, okay, of the prophets. He's in, he's in charge. He's that top gun. And a group of prophets come to him, and they ask him for permission to build a larger place for them to meet and, and worship. And they ask him to accompany them to the river. They're going to get logs for the project, and we're just going to jump into the story. When they arrived at the Jordan, they began to work. One of them was cutting down a tree, and suddenly his axe head, his iron axe head, fell into the water. And I want you to picture this. So they're cutting down trees, they're swinging their axes, and one of the guys, suddenly the axe head comes off, it, it goes into the water, and it sinks to the bottom. He says, what shall I do, sir, exclaimed to Elijah. It was a borrowed axe. And so, just so we're, we're clear what's taking place, this guy's upset because he had borrowed this axe. And in that day, I mean, first of all, tools that were made of iron were very rare. And then to top it off, he, he had borrowed it from somebody. And so he's, he's really upset. The guy's not sure what to do. And so Elijah says to him, he says, where did it fall? The man shows him the place, and Elijah cut off a a stick, threw it into the water, and he makes the axe head float. Take it out, he ordered, and the man reached down and picked it up. That's the miracle of the floating axe head. Now, you might be going, well, why is that even in the Bible? You know, although it's about an axe head, I think there's a deeper spiritual meaning for us to grasp today. And that is, God will help you lose what you didn't mean to lose. You know, God will help you when you've lost that spiritual edge in in your life. And maybe you're sitting there today and go, well, I haven't lost my spiritual edge. And so I would say to you, if that's the case in your life, you know, yay, yay, God. You know, I celebrate with you. In fact, I would encourage you to continue doing the things that keep you with high passions in your life. They they keep you living on on the edge spiritually. But my guess is that some of you who are followers of Jesus Christ are thinking, "Mm, there was a time when I was more about things of God than I am today. Some of you, there was a time You know, when you had Christian friends around you, there was a time when they they encouraged you and they built you up, but the fact is today you would go, "Mm, not so much. You know, others of you, there was a time when you served God and you were excited about being used by God and uh, using your gifts to make a difference in, in this world and it was a very fulfilling thing for you. But then you got busy, you quit serving, you disconnected, and you planned on reconnecting when things slowed down, but they never did, and you never did. And now, well, your commitments kind of boil down to obligations that are, don't really involve God and pretty much are about yourself. You know, some of you, there was a time when you had a great passion for prayer. You'd get up early in the morning. 
you'd start your day off just talking to God. But over time, you started skipping some days, not praying quite as long. And now, I mean, truth be known, you haven't prayed for a long time. Some of you, there was a time when you looked for opportunities around you to be able to share your faith. You know, you had a love for people that were outside the faith. You were always inviting people to church. But now, you can't remember the last time you even had a spiritual conversation with someone. You know, some of you, if you're really honest with yourself, you'd say, hey, my standards have kind of eroded. They've changed. I mean, years ago, you pursued strong Christian values. You, you avoided certain things in your life. I mean, there was a time when you were concerned about pleasing God with what you say and, say and do during the day. But things have kind of shifted. And now you, you look at where you're at and, and you think, how did I get here? Well, friends, I can tell you how it happens. And, and it can happen to any of us. Because we have a spiritual enemy in the world whose mission it is is to steal, kill, and destroy everything that matters to the heart of God. And so what do you do? What do you do when you've lost that spiritual edge in your life? Well, first of all, you've got to admit that you've lost it. You know, stop living in denial. You know, do it, step back from things and do a little bit of a spiritual assessment in your life and just admit, hey, I'm struggling. I, I'm not as close to God as I used to be. You know, this guy in the story, uh, he goes to Elijah and he admits that he's lost that, that cutting edge. And he didn't have to. I mean, he could have just quit work and kind of slid off to the side, made up some excuses, you know, lost the ax head. I, I'll let someone else do the work. And I've seen a lot of Christians do that through the years. I'm just not feeling it. I deserve a break. You know, I'll let someone else serve. I'm, I'm tired. I'm worn out. Let them do it. But he didn't do that. No. I mean, he could have pretended, you know, to keep swinging the axe, just the handle. Nobody's going to notice. I hope, you know, I'll just keep doing it. And, and, and maybe nobody will notice me over here. I've seen a lot of Christians do that one too. I'm just going to pretend everything's okay. Not, not going to admit to anybody I'm struggling. Not going to admit that I'm just not near as close to God as I used to be. I'm not going to admit I've lost my edge. Passion's gone. I see it all the time. The reality is you just go through the motions in life. And I will tell you, that is no way to live. Absolutely not. I, I think the, of the Old Testament story of Samson. I always loved that as a kid. I mean, Samson, the strong man, he was the strongest guy on the planet at the time. Samson has this tremendous potential. 
God had great plans for Samson. But because Samson kind of lost his passion for God, I mean, he started pursuing other things. And because of sin, well, he wasted most of his life. And I, I think one of the saddest verses in, in Scripture, it's found in Judges sixteen twenty. Scripture records, it says, he lost his power and he didn't even know it. It's a sad story. How do you know when you've lost your spiritual edge? Well, I, I think, first of all, you start losing heart. You know, things uh, don't move you anymore spiritually. You know, you can sit through an entire service and nothing touches you. You start losing heart and friends, love starts dying at some point. I think that's what happens when you get in a spiritual rut. You know, suddenly you're only serving God out of duty. You know, it's just, well, I got to. You do it because you know you should, but there's no joy. There's no energy. And there's absolutely no excitement. So first you, you lose heart and, and then it goes deeper. If you don't address it, you'll start losing your faith at some point. And the longer you travel on that road, well, all I can say is you better watch out. You know, David put it this way. He said, but I had almost stopped believing this truth. I had almost what? Lost my faith. <laughs> See, when you lose that spiritual edge in your life, what happens is you stop taking risks. You, you lose the vision for what God wants to do in and through you. You, you start playing things safe and everything gets very, very predictable in, in your life. You start settling for less than God's best. You, you start reaching out and, and then you realize, I don't want to share my faith. And you get stagnant and you quit growing. You'll, you'll choose comfort over obedience. And then you start playing the part of Christian. But the fact is, you're not very close to God anymore. And I imagine right now, some of you are thinking, that's me. I've lost my love, and I've nearly lost my faith. And friends, please hear this. I mean, maybe you have a lot of problems in your life right now. And maybe you've been beaten down. And maybe you've lost your passion and that peace and joy. Maybe you've lost that spiritual edge in your life. And if you're not sure about it still, I would really challenge you to, to kind of step up your game and, and assess things. And ask yourself this if you're not sure whether you're, you're in the balance here. Have you ever been closer to God than you are right now? And if you answer yes to that, 
The critical question, what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do? I mean, you know something's wrong, but you can't keep yourself from falling. You know, the fact is you're settling for less than God's best for your life. And again, it is no way to live. It's no way to live. So the first step, if you're going to reconnect with God, is to admit that you've lost that edge in your life. And then you've got to acknowledge where or how you lost it. The story it goes on, says... Uh, Yeah, I'll find it here. Elijah cut off. He says, where, where did it fall? Elijah asked the man, show him the place. So the guy identifies, and in the Hebrew, it means the exact spot that he lost it. Do you know where you lost your spiritual edge? Do you know when you, you lost that closeness to God? There, there are a lot of things, I think, that contribute to losing that edge in your life. I mean, you can get too busy, get distracted in life. I mean, it's really easy, especially in this world, to get so busy chasing all this stuff that you forget about God. You don't worship God regularly kind of becomes a hit and miss. The fact is you can go days, weeks, even months and not even think about God. Things are going well. You're kind of cruising along, doing your own thing, enjoying life. And then suddenly something happens in your life. You get in a pinch. Ooh, I need God. And so you kind of turn back to God. God gets you through whatever it is that you're going through. And, and then off you go again. You can get so busy serving God. Doing things in the name of God. That it keeps you from spending time with God. Those are different things. You know, you're serving, but it keeps you from worshiping. You're serving, but, but it keeps you from spending time in God's word. It keeps you from loving God the way you're supposed to love God. You can also lose that spiritual edge when, when you're disobedient, you know, living in sin. You know, when God presses you to do something or not do something and you kind of ignore the prompting, you know, drag your feet a little bit. Friends, it will affect your relationship with God. It will. You know, another thing uh, that I think will cause you to lose that spiritual edge is a thing called pride. Have you ever, ever been on the pride ride? I mean, you start relying on yourself. Only your power. That's all you worry about. You, you stop depending on God. And friends, it will mess you up at some point. You know, I can handle this. I don't need to pray about it. You know, I'm a good guy. 
I don't need God's word in my life. I, I can set my own path in life. Be very, very careful there. You can also lose your uh, edge by just being lazy, <laughs> careless. I see people do it all the time. They get careless with their spiritual life. Yeah. You stop doing the things that used to keep you close to God. You know, you stop fellowshipping with other Christ followers in your life. You get lazy about worshiping regularly, you know, about serving, about tithing, about sharing your faith. Friends, acknowledge where you are. Acknowledge where you lost it spiritually in your life. Identify the reason. Be very, very specific. Now, I didn't have time this morning, but I could go on and on things that will cause you to lose that edge. Anger, fear, fatigue. You, You can get so tired that you don't have time for God in your life. You know, relationships and hobbies and sports. You know, making money. It can get in the way. It can lead you away from God. And if you're still not sure about it in your life, you go, well, I don't think it was any of those, but I do feel like I've lost my edge. Well, just ask God to help you. Just, just pray and say, God, I need your help here. Help me identify what the issue is. You know, I want to find my way back to you. God will help you do that. Here's the other thing you got to do. You got to take back what you lost with God's help, all right? So the scripture goes on. The man showed, showed the place, and Elijah cut off a stick, then threw it in the water and made the axe head float. Now, I kind of want to do a little explaining here because you're like, okay, why a stick? The stick isn't the significant thing here, all right? It had no power. You know, he could have thrown in a coin or a, picked up a rock and threw it into the water. It's a visual, all right? It's a public statement to everybody around there. You know, he's not doing the David Blaine illusion thing here. He, he's declaring his faith at this point. He throws the stick in the water and he says, I expect that God will give this guy back what he just lost. And I know people that read this story and they're like, I got a problem with it. I I really don't. I mean, I figure if the God that created the universe created all the iron in the world, by the way, well, I think God could make a few ounces of iron float. I think God created the, the uh, gravity and the laws of gravity. God could suspend them in a little bitty area and go, okay. It was a miracle. And this axe head floats to the top. It comes back. And you go, well, what's the point of that story? Friends, God can restore what you've lost. That's the point. The axe head, it's floating in the water. He says, take it out. 
he ordered. And the man reached down and picked it up. Now, I don't, you cannot miss this part here. It's a miracle, right? Brought this piece of iron from the bottom of the Jordan. It's floating in the water. And when I read it, I think, well, God could have easily, like, brought it out of the water, put it in the guy's hand. But God didn't do that. God brought it to the top of the water. And then he said, now you reach in and take it out. And here's the point that I don't want you to miss. You have to do your part if you're going to fix this. I mean, do you want your spiritual edge back? It's going to require effort on your part. You can't just sit back and do nothing and expect that God will restore what you've lost, what you're missing. You know, Revelation says this, says, but I, I do have something against you, and it's this. You don't have as much love as you used to. Think about where you've fallen from, and then turn back and do as you did at first. Christ followers, take, take a moment. Think about what it was like when you were close to God when you were excited about your faith, when, when you had that spiritual edge, remember that. And then turn back and do what you did at first when you had it. It's really kind of a three-step process here. Remember where you've fallen from, turn back and start doing what you did at first, when you had that passion, when you had that, that energy, when you just felt like you had it together spiritually. And friends, here's a life-changing promise from God. God's talking to the children of Israel here, but I think it's got a broader sense. It says, God, your God, will restore what? Everything you've lost. He'll have compassion on you. He'll come back and pick up the pieces from all the places where you're scattered. No matter how far away you end up, God, your God, will get you out of there and bring you back to the land your ancestors once possessed. It will be what? It'll be what? Yeah, it's a little more passion. It'll be? That's a promise. Why? Well, friends, we serve a great God, a God that that specializes in helping people find what they didn't mean to lose and to get it back. Our God's good. You just got to ask him for help. And some of you, that's exactly what you need to do today. And here's the thing. When, when God makes the axe head float, whatever that means in your life, you have to pick it up. You have to do your part. 
You have to take the step. You have to reach. It's going to require effort on your part. But God will help you restore. He will. Let's bow in a word of prayer together. Our holy God, God, we praise you today. And God, I know there are some here today that uh, they're weary. Their faith's running thin. In fact, I know there are many that would say, yeah, I've lost a little bit of my spiritual edge. And God, I just ask that your Holy Spirit help us figure out where we lost it, how we lost it. God, we ask you to give us back that joyful spirit, that daring spirit, a peaceful spirit. God, you would restore the passion. We'd pursue you with everything in us, Lord. Give us, give us that passion again. God, I know there are some that uh, they're running full throttle on this one. And God, I pray you just continue to give them the wisdom to keep running the race. And God, help us all to be pleasing with everything we say, everything we do. Help us to see the opportunities around us to share our faith. God, use our talents, our skills to make a difference in this world. God, we thank you most of all that we can spend time with you, that you're there to guide us. God, help us to seek you in everything we do. It's in Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. God's people said, let's prepare for communion this morning. On the night Jesus was betrayed, he was in an area just outside the Jerusalem walls. It was called the Garden of Gethsemane. He had been there many times before with his disciples. And on this night, it was different. It was special. Jesus knew what was coming. And he says this in Matthew 26, 39. Actually, he prays something like this on two occasions that night. Matthew writes, going a little farther... This is he, Jesus, fell with his face to the ground and he prayed, My Father. See, Jesus had a Father, his heavenly Father. My Father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Now, he's not talking about a cup of wine or a cup of water. He's talking about the cup of suffering that was going to be poured out upon him on the cross. Not only the physical suffering, the most excruciating death that any human being could ever endure, but the Bible says that God put all the sins of the world, past, present at that time, and future on Jesus. 
He paid the price for your sin. He paid the price for my sin. And that was more excruciating to him than even the physical death. He said, Father, oh my Father, if it's possible, let this cup of suffering be taken from me. But Jesus knew it was the only way for you and me in the year 2022 to have our sins forgiven because he took our sins upon himself two centuries ago, millennium ago. So today as we take this little cup of juice and this little wafer wafer representing the body and blood of Jesus, I would encourage you to realize the magnitude of what Jesus did for you. And if you haven't told him lately, thank you, Jesus, for that extreme sacrifice that you made for me, that you paid the ultimate price, that I might have forgiveness in this life, and that I might have the hope of living with you for eternity, my sins forgiven. Let me encourage you to do that today. Everyone have their elements. If you don't, raise your hand. We'll get one to you. You know how this goes. Gently pull back the cellophane, which reveals the the little wafer, which is symbolic of the body of Jesus. Let's hold it up. Let's take it together. And then carefully peel back the next cellophane level. which reveals this little cup of grape juice, which symbolizes the blood of Jesus. Let's take it together. Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you today. And 2,000 years ago in that garden, when you prayed to your father, that he would allow you to not have to take that cup of suffering, the physical death, the spiritual death, the sins of all the world. But then you said, not my will, but yours be done, Father. Thank you, Jesus, that you were obedient to fulfill God's call on your life. Find us equally obedient today, Lord, to fulfill what you want from us. We thank you, Jesus, that our sins can be forgiven. They are not forgiven unless we consciously and willfully ask you to forgive us. But there's a process, there's a means whereby we can be forgiven today before we leave this room. And so, Lord, press upon hearts that have never given themselves to Jesus to say yes to Christ, to yes to live for him and follow him all the days of their life. We thank you, Jesus, that you're faithful. We thank you that you love us so much today that you died for us. And you're coming back for us someday, and that's the hope that we have in our hearts. And Lord, as we go from this place today, 
Help us to be filled with the love of Jesus and the joy of the Holy Spirit to touch our world for Christ. It's in his precious name we pray. Amen. Fathers, don't forget your coin, your free coin. I have mine on the table. God bless you. I hope your family pours out a lot of good things on you today. Amen? See you next week. Bye-bye.